Prime Minister might be selling tomorrow's AUKUS announcement as a new dawn for Australia's defence policy, but experts are cautioning that we'll need to urgently train and upskill our workforce to operate, maintain and eventually build this fleet of new nuclear submarines. The deal is expected to generate something like 20,000 jobs over the next 30 years. The Defence Minister Richard Miles believes it can be done. Obviously, we'll have more to say about this tomorrow, um, but we feel confident that we can attract the people both to serve on the submarines and to build them, and this will be one of the, the great national projects of our history. Jane McMaster is Chief Engineer at Engineers Australia. Welcome to you, Jane. Thanks, Andy. Hello. Given the current shortage of engineers, which you've been talking about for quite some time, this kind of predates the pandemic uh, in some ways, this is not going to be an easy task, is it? No, look, I think um, many engineering organisations uh, are struggling at the moment uh, to find the engineers that they need for a range of projects across pretty much every sector of the economy. But with some targeted strategies, I think every sector can can find those engineers. It's, it's just about targeted strategies. Clearly, the kinds of skills that we're seeking to import come from the countries that we're currently in the AUKUS uh, agreement with in that our closest allies would be the ones that tend to have this kind of skill set to maintain and operate these submarines. You, you believe the government needs to create a targeted workforce plan. What should that look like? And would that be beyond just the AUKUS allies? Look, it, it depends really. Um, yes, it does need um, a targeted workforce plan. They're already working on that um, and have been doing so for quite some time. I think that plan needs to look out into the future, not only in the next five to 10 years, obviously, but also the sustainment and maintenance uh, post that. Um, and it needs to, we need to have fairly high confidence in that in the future workforce planning. And it's not just engineers, there will be a, a, a significant workforce across multiple professions and vocations that will be needed to support the capability. That'll, that'll include engineers, but also scientists and nuclear physicists, um, technicians, uh, safety support people, but also um, lawyers um, and so forth who, who have a background in, in the capability that we'll be supporting. So yeah, a, a a robust future workforce plan and then targeted strategies about how to get that. Is it naive to think that we could train this workforce here? I mean, given the timeframes that we're talking about, uh, 30 years, uh, we wouldn't have these submarines into, what for another decade. Is that possible for, for us to train and educate engineers to meet this challenge? Look, I think it's entirely possible, but I actually think a multi-pronged approach is going to be what's required. Uh, we already have some nuclear engineering specialists in the country. Uh, no doubt uh, we'll be looking to bring in specialists um, either for the short or medium term from AUKUS ally countries or others. But yes, we can absolutely train engineers and other professions in the country. There's already a couple of of uh, qualifications um, aimed or aligned with nuclear engineering. Uh, so we can look at undergraduate degrees and postgraduate degrees and scale those up should we need them. And we should also look at uh, the value of micro-credentials. So there's, there's a lot of uh, value to be gained in looking at existing people with mechanical engineering and electronics and electrical engineering qualifications and providing them the necessary micro-credentials to become uh, suitably qualified and experienced uh, in, in the nuclear engineering capability that we need into the future. Yeah, this is the buzzword that sort of echoes across all levels of education at the moment, this sort of idea of micro-credentialing. Essentially, it might mean that 
if there's one tiny discipline that an existing engineer or maritime engineer can sort of put on top of their resume, if you like, then that might be able to go some way to meet the, the, the skills demand that these submarines will bring. Yeah, that's correct. And the micro-credentials, the way we use that term, and, and people use it differently, but we uh, use that term to mean it's it's a very robust, uh, tends to be a shorter course than a full multi-year qualification, very uh, niche uh, and specific information with an assessment uh, component that, that assesses the competency, skills and knowledge obtained during the course. And these micro-credentials can be stacked. So uh, someone suitably qualified and experienced in nuclear engineering may un- may need to undertake a certain number of micro-credentials before they're considered competent in, in that area of practice. Uh, Jane, uh, can you give me a f- sense of where we get our engineers from at the moment? You know, you said that there is a kind of endemic uh, shortage across the different disciplines, but I- is there some sort of ratio of how many we are allowing in through migration programs versus how many are being spat out of our higher education uh, institutions? Yes, absolutely. So yes, we have had a shortage of engineers in Australia for many years now. We've also been reliant very heavily on our skilled migrant engineering workforce uh, for many, many years. So at least 60% of the engineering workforce in Australia are our skilled migrants. Um, we haven't trained enough engineers in Australia for a very long time and per capita, we're one of the lowest uh, um, per capita um countries for training of engineers, um, sadly. Um, the other additional problems are that um, our skilled migrants have have low employment outcomes once they reach Australia. So one of the things that we're trying to change is that skilled migrant engineers, once they arrive in Australia, we've got to make it easier f- for them to find engineering work. And we've, we've uh, released some research that shows there are seven barriers to workforce participation in the engineering workforce for our skilled migrants. Of course, we're also looking at ways that we can uh, raise awareness of of how exciting and rewarding the engineering profession is to try and encourage more young Australians to consider engineering because it really is a very rewarding uh, career path with so many different opportunities to choose from. It's 24 past four on RN Drive. If you just join me, you're hearing from Jane McMaster, Chief Engineer at Engineers Australia. We're talking about how uh, Australia might be able to meet this shortfall, uh, what, 20,000 uh, employees or workers to maintain and operate these nuclear subs that will be announced tomorrow. This time last year, Jane, you were talking about the worker shortage more broadly and also in the context of multi-billion dollar infrastructure project commitments from the former government. Are things looking any better in the sector these days? Look, we're seeing the vacancy data for engineering vacancies starting to plateau out, but a lot of the vacancies for other professions are starting to dip again. So we're seeing strong demand for engineers continuing, even if it's not uh, continuing upward. So so it's plateauing out, um, but the demand is still very strong. And I'm certainly hearing from many engineering organisations uh, who are citing um, very challenging circumstances for finding the people that they need. And this is across all sectors. So so the challenge is still very much with us, I'm afraid. So have any of these infrastructure projects ground to a halt for lack of engineers? I don't, I'm not aware of any that have ground to a halt from a lack of engineers, but certainly I've, I've certainly heard um, some projects which are experiencing delays and that's inevitable. Um, it takes a long time to recruit people. The longer it takes to, to find people to fill these roles, uh, the, the more scheduled delays there will be. So I, I do think that that will be an unfortunate implication of the engineering shortage. 
We'll have to leave it there. Chief Engineer at Engineers Australia, Jane McMaster. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.